The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight, where we take a look at the health of this country, the health of domestic policy, foreign policy. We take a look at the health of our uh, educational system. We take a look at the health of our environmental system, our justice system. And today, what I want to focus on is the health or the lack thereof of our school system and our teaching processes, the control that our teachers have that our parents never understood what was being taught until the pandemic, and they started listening in on these Zoom calls to see what the teachers were teaching. We have teachers that have been taught for far too long in very liberal schools, and they're trying to promote their own sense of morality and political stances on our children. Let me take a number of instances that have been reported in the press recently to prove my point. Here's one article entitled, School Attempts to Hide Students' Transgender Transitions from the Parents, and They Push the LBGTQ plus content for middle schoolers. So what was found out by parents and researchers looking into these school situations where craziness is going on in the school, they found emails between several staff members of a Pennsylvania school district that revealed the school attempting to hide their use of a middle schooler's preferred pronouns from the students' parents, and encouraging the creation of an LBGTQ-related club at the middle school. An email conversation obtained by Fox News Digital shows a school counselor at Charles F. Patton Middle School in Pennsylvania emailing teachers that a student prefers the pronouns they and them. She's fine, too, but the student likes they, them the best, the email stated. So she could be using she. Obviously, it's a female biologically, but she wants to use some additional pronouns. And why is all this even coming up? It's because things like this are being promoted in the schools. And instead of telling students, we're going to use your name. We're going to use a name that your parents use. If you got a problem or issue with it, go back to your parents and tell them something different. But the counselors told the teachers that if you are emailing home, it may be best to use the she, her when referring to the student. In other words, keep it hidden from the parents. Use the normal thing that everybody else has been using forever in schools and talking with parents about a female child the she and the her, but at school, the child gets to choose how they want to be addressed, keeping it secret from the parents. So attached, they say, to the email is a guide to supporting trans and gender diverse students from the American Psychological Association. Another email attained by Fox News Digital revealed a discussion between a counselor and two teachers about a club the high school called Gender Sexuality Alliance, or GSA. The Unionville High School website describes the club as a student-run club which provides a safe place for students to meet, support each other, 
talk about issues related to sexual orientation and gender identity and expression, and work to end homophobia and transphobia. The released emails show a middle school counselor and teacher discussing how to start a similar club at middle school or give middle students the opportunity to attend the high school GSA. After discovering through an online assignment that a student described themselves as pansexual, the school counselor encouraged the teacher to ask the student if they would be interested in starting some type of club or group to focus on LBGTQ plus topics and issues. Middle schoolers are not too young to know their sexual orientations and gender identities, another teacher wrote. LGBTQ-related content is age-appropriate for them. No left turn in education, an organization which says they believe that K-12 education should be free from indoctrination and politicization criticized the school's actions. They said, It's unconscionable for any teacher to go behind a parent's back to meddle in a child's mental, physical, and emotional health. While us concerned parents get called domestic terrorists, it's the radical ideologues who actually threaten, harass, and intimidate parents who object to their woke agenda. No left turn in education is standing up for these families and is holding officials accountable for enforcing the laws that are supposed to protect our kids. Unionville Chad's Forge School District declined to comment. So you can see what's happening with this woke community of woke teachers. When did we ever in our school history, in your education, in my education, at the elementary, middle school, or even high school, have classes or separate groups? around gender identity. Oh, we had health classes. We learned about uh, sexual reproduction. We learned about some of the basics, but the key issue for teachers ought to be reading, writing, and arithmetic, not focusing time and energy off the core subjects to talk about craziness. Kids at the middle school and younger school, certainly in elementary school, they don't have any idea about their sexuality, as how it's going to develop, and they be confused as they're searching for themselves. And to say that, okay, well, now here's some options. It's perfectly natural for you to be pansexual when they don't even know what that means, or bisexual, or multisexual, or metrosexual. Whatever the term is, we're throwing stuff at kids as if it's like Mathematics, you can learn about algebra and geometry and trigonometry. Now we're talking about all these sexual identities. Let them work that out with their parents at home. And should they need additional help, the parents will provide it. We treat the kids as if they are a product of the school and not a product of the parents, where the parents have the greatest interest in what's going on in the school to teach their kids how to be good citizens, not how to identify their sexuality. Well, let's take a look at another issue. Let's take a look at what happened in Missouri, because this is happening all across the country. So here's an article from May 7th. Missouri parents are outraged over how class assignment portrays Republicans. A Missouri high school is being criticized by parents and a politician for an assignment question given to students in advance placement government class. The question appeared on an in-class online assignment at Holt High School. 
Advanced Placement Government course. It asks students which political party is most likely to believe that the fatal shootings of unarmed African-Americans, men's, by police officers is not due to racism. Teresa has heard in the news about the fatal shooting of unarmed African-American men by police officers, but does not think it is necessarily due to racism. Teresa is most likely, A, the question stated, with the possible answers of being Democrat, Black woman, Republican, or Democrat-leaning woman. The correct answer, according to the assignment, was Republicans. So if they don't think it's racist, it's Republicans that are out there killing people, that they're supporting police officers to go out and kill people. This is part of a curriculum? You know, one parent said that the question appears to be written by someone who hates Republicans and says it's divisive. It felt like the question was written by someone that just hates Republicans, the parent said. A spokesperson for Wentzville High School District said the question is extreme and shifted the blame elsewhere. That's typical of educators, of the bureaucrats. They didn't have any problem with setting the question or the test. It's always somebody else. They can always point someplace else. But what they said was the AP government contact content includes learning and opportunities to think critically about political ideology. The resources used by the district are widely used nationally and are aligned to the AP government exam. The item encountered by the student is extreme, and the district is reaching out to the resource developers to directly address this concern. Well, clearly what happens is we got people at some national level putting together tests for government programs, and it gets by because it seems logical to the crazy people who are at the government level, at the federal level, putting these tests together for national distribution, or a national organization that's putting this that's made up of a bunch of leftists who have gone to the same leftist schools and are now in charge of putting together these tests. So what did the district do in this case? Well, it sent a letter to parents within the school district stating that the question was poorly worded and inappropriate, extreme, and divisive. Well, it certainly was, but it wasn't just poorly worded. It was intentionally worded. These are appropriate. Well, there are appropriate ways to teach and access a variety of topics, including political ideology and beliefs. This is what the county was sending out to the parents. The question was poorly worded. It was inappropriate, extreme, and divisive. It is important to use to us that students feel safe and welcome in every class and space within our schools. We apologize if any of our students felt unsafe or unwelcome. Well, yeah, Republicans, conservatives in schools feel unsafe and unwelcome because their views are being said are extreme, that they're homophobic, that they're xenophobic, that they are people who are oppressors of everybody else. I mean, this is what's happening in our schools today. So, what about the people who put this stuff together? A spokesperson for Macmillan Learning, which developed the curriculum, said the company missed the question during their editorial review. Well, how convenient. They missed such an anti-Republican question. It says, and they commented, they say, at Bedford, Friedman, and Worth Publishers, which the advanced placement for 9 to 12 high school division uh, is being developed, they said, we do everything 
in service to our common goal with educators to see students succeed. We work closely with our authors in the development of our textbooks and supplemental material. During our editorial review, that should not have been included. So they're making up more mistakes. The spokesperson added that the question was in a chapter covering public opinion polling and drew on previous polling from Pew Research. It was poorly constructed and it was removed within hours of us learning about it. We recognize that there are better ways we could have showcased public opinion polling. And we apologize for the disruption it has created in classrooms, educators, and students. No, this is the kind of garbage that is being put on our students, but when nobody was watching, it was staying there and infiltrating their minds, their hearts, their thoughts, and now parents are standing up. And whether it's in Missouri or if it's in Pennsylvania or it's in your state out there, parents have got to begin involved and stop this kind of stuff that's there. You have to look hard. You have to be sure the teachers understand that somebody is watching them. You have to take a look at the textbooks. You have to take a look at the questions on materials that they're being given. And just be certain that this stuff is not polluting your children. It is the major issue going into the 2022 midterm elections that show that the liberal woke side really doesn't care about your children and their education. They want to indoctrinate them, not educate them. Let's take a quick break and let's come back and see what more craziness is going on in our public schools. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we're talking about the craziness that's going on in schools, the way teachers in our elementary, middle school, and high schools, and it's coming down from colleges where they've been teaching this craziness about sexual identity and gender preferences and pronouns that people ought to be using. It's become so rampant that we've forgotten about what education is supposed to be. But now moms are standing up. It's left-wing, democratic, liberal craziness. Parents are now starting to understand that this left-wing movement is not for them. It's not for their kids. And I don't understand, quite honestly, how a national major political party puts themselves into a position to meet the demands of such a small minority of their supporters and turns into an anti-parent, anti-children party. 
I just don't think that's a particularly good political strategy to get in front of a mama bear and her cub. I think there's going to be a reckoning to pay. But I want to continue on with some of the examples to show that this is not just some one-off presentation by one teacher in one school in one state, that this is something that we see over and over and over again. And we saw the big election, of course, in Virginia last year, where it was clear that the government was telling parents, these kids aren't yours at a school, so butt out. And we had major a seismic shift in the political landscape there where Republicans won the statewide uh, officership for lieutenant governor, governor, and attorney general. Now, here's an example of more of this happening throughout the country. And the headline reads, Mom says presenter at daughter's supposed art club asked if sexual asked of sexual attraction. And then she this teacher suggested that the daughter was transgender because this teacher, Aaron Lee, that's the daughter actually, Aaron Lee said the presenter at the school's gender and sexually sexuality alliance told her daughter if she's not 100% comfortable in her body, then she's transgender. So if this young person doesn't know exactly and is trying to figure out whether she's attracted to boys or, or men or girls or whatever it is, then if she doesn't fully understand that at a young age, then she's sort of transgender. So you can see how they want to just pull everybody in by default into being transgender so they can continue to talk about that issue and promote it into the minds of these young people. So the Colorado mom said to her 12-year-old daughter, who was invited to an art club at the school, that only later did she find out it was a gender and sexualities alliance about queer and transgender identity. Erin Lee said the day started like any other, and when her daughter texted home asking to go to an after-school art club, her parents gave permission. When we picked her up from the program after school, we could see something on her face that seemed incredibly wrong. It wasn't an art club at all. It was a gender sexuality alliance or a gender uh, GSA. And that's what they're calling it now. So this Poudreaux School District in Fort Collins, Colorado. So here's a third state. It's an example. Where Lee's daughter attended school. She said in a statement that the GSAs were established as safe spaces for members of the LGBTQIA+. I can't even say all those letters. For those uh, communities, alliances, and any individual to come together with the goals of ensuring inclusivity, safety, and support. Discussions in these GSAs may be confidential, given that they can sometimes be sensitive in nature. A student may be out with specific friends, but not with the community at large. In other words, they've told others in their small group that that they are homosexual, that they are pansexual, that they are whatever, but they haven't come out uh, to the community at large. So Lee said on the day her daughter attended, an outside speaker from an advocacy organization called Splash Youth of North Colorado was presenting. 
Lee said the presenter told the kids that if they are not fully comfortable in their body, then they are transgender. Well, how ridiculous. Kids are at age 12 aren't comfortable with their body. They don't know their body is changing. So now somebody's going to come in and say you're transgender and try to promote the idea that it's okay to follow that path, try to pack their heads. They're grooming them to be transgender. They're grooming them to be homosexuals. This is clearly what's going on. These people are grooming your children to be something that they are not and that they are not intended to be. So this outside speaker essentially told the daughter if she's not 100% comfortable in her body, that she is transgender. But Lee said she contacted both the Splash presenter at the school and the school, which she said confirmed the meeting is always held in secret. Emails obtained by parents defending education show the guest speaker asking the teacher to remind the Lee's daughter the room is a safe space and that she should not share the names of her friends and attendants and that conversations with Lee should be thought of as evidence. The emails also cite Equal Access Act as the reasons parents don't have to approve which clubs and activities their children participate in. The Equal Access Act says schools who receive federal funding cannot deny students the right to conduct meetings because of the religious, political, philosophical, or other content of the speech at such meetings. Lee said the Equal Access Act is not applicable. That's not what that was all about, to allow somebody to come in and promote an ideology of sexuality to their students. There's nothing in the Equal Access Act that prevents parents from being informed about programming, she said. It requires schools to have programming, but it does not require secrecy. So the parents said that she did not send her daughter back to public school and instead enrolled her in a private Christian school, but still has a son in the public school. Well, that's what's happening across the country. We can't trust public schools to actually give our kids the education they need. What we can trust is that we're not careful. They're going to be indoctrinating our people with the teachers that are in the school or the teachers will bring in outside speakers, therefore have sort of a plausible deniability about the garbage that's being pushed on these students. So, I've met with a lot of hate for just telling the truth, she said. This is the mother. And so I know now there's a lot of families just like me who don't have the ability to speak up about what's happening to them. The Splash Youth of North Colorado says they serve the LBGTQIA plus youth ages 5 to 24, their families, schools, and community connections by providing support, resources, referrals, social belongingness, and special events. The Pudra School District told Fox News Digital in a statement that a Board of Education director and several district staff members have been in contact with the parent over the last year. In the school district, we promise to create and uphold equitable, inclusive, and rigorous educational opportunities outcomes, and experiences for all students. As a district, we are committed to making our schools safe spaces in which all students can learn. In the school district, a GSA club would be student-sponsored, which is started, run, and led by a student, and has an adult 
present at meetings or school-sponsored, which is started run led by an adult. The GSA at Wellington Middle School is school-sponsored. Resources available to guide GSAs include, but are not limited to, those from the GSA network and One Colorado. Schools generally post information about their respective clubs on school websites, as well as through various means in the, in the schools themselves, like posters in the hallway, etc. So, again, what's happening in our schools is they're keeping it secret, they're promoting an ideology they're promoting sexuality in the schools. They're telling people who are uncertain that they are a certain um, uh, sexuality identity, that they can say whatever they want. They can be whoever they want. There's, there's no differentiation if they want to use one set of pronouns versus another set of pronouns, regardless of any facts or parent opinions or parent direction, parent guidance, parent teaching. None of that matters to these crazies who are taking over our children and indoctrinating them or grooming them to be something that they're not, they're not supposed to be. So it's really incumbent on parents these days to get involved, to see what's happening in the schools. Don't let the school, the school board off by pointing fingers someplace else. Educators are great at this. I've been through with my own kids uh, over other issues about, oh, should we have a middle school or should we have a junior high school? And I've been in school districts that flip-flop between there, and I can tell you that the educators have the language down. They can explain why they're going one direction, and then the next year they can explain why they're going in another direction. So they're very smart people. They're they're very well educated in how to explain away the problems and issues and point the problem back to you as a parent or back to society or back to an outside speaker or back to the government or back, but they won't take any responsibility themselves. And if you highlight a problem, say, oh, that was just an error. That was just a mistake. You're not reading it within context. We're just trying to provide a safe space for these students. Well, they created a problem that needed a safe space. They wouldn't need a safe space if they were sticking to mathematics and English and social studies and history That's what they ought to be doing. And if there's a safe space needed, it ought to be after-school learning to fill in the gaps and the voids to prepare these kids to be functioning adults outside. They ought to be doing how to balance a checkbook. They ought to be doing things like, how do I get along with everybody when I have some differences with them? How do I deal with people that I can respect what they're doing and they can respect what I'm doing? But we don't have to get into gender identity and and pronouns of people that want to be used. I mean, how many people that you think back in your class, just to create a problem with the teacher, just to create some confusion in the class, just to stand up as the uh, class clown, would say, I want to be using these pronouns. And all of a sudden, teachers have to use that. They think the student is being real. Well, many cases not. I can see many people in the classes I went to many years ago saying, I want want to be called a he or a she when it's a really a male or vice versa. So you can't take kids seriously at that point. So why do we give them an opening for all these crazy ideas? Just teach them the basics to make them functional citizens. Don't teach them what to think. Teach them how to think. That's the real core and basic issue of education in our society. And we've gotten far too far away from that. 
Well, let's take another commercial break. Let's come back and keep talking about the craziness in our school that you parents out there listening or you grandparents out there listening need to be fully aware of how crazy it is because most of us could never imagine some of the things that are going on. So I want to highlight them today. We'll be right back after these commercials. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to this third segment of America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. And today we're talking about the healthcare of our schooling system, the healthcare of the relationship between parents and teachers, parents and their students. So if you've been watching what's happening in your school and you think you know what's going on, the reality is you may not now listen to this story about the craziness that's going on in schools. Here's the headline. Elementary school teachers, elementary school, keep in mind, say no to parents' wishes. They prefer to students by pronouns given at birth. So even if the parents are saying, no, you got to use the pronouns for people. He is a he. She is a she. The parents are saying No. I don't need to do that. I will use whatever pronoun the student wants or that I prefer to use. So this group of elementary school educators revealed in a recent virtual panel that they would say no if a parent asked them to refer to their students by the pronouns they were given at birth as opposed to their preferred pronouns. Katie Butler, a second grade public school teacher at Harvey Milk Civil Rights Academy in San Francisco. Yeah, keep in mind, this is crazy San Francisco. Moderated the meeting, creating and sustaining GSAs in elementary schools. That's the Gender and Sexuality um, Alliance. She asked her panelists to answer the questions submitted by other educators, some of which delved into topics related to gender identity. So the question is, what should we do if a parent requests that we refer to their child by the pronouns associated with their sex assigned at birth instead of the preferred pronouns that we use a legal name instead of a student's chosen name. Well, notice the way the question is worded. By the pronoun associated with their sex assignment at birth, as if they were assigned being a male or female at birth, as if there was an option. 
Clearly, the genitals will describe what it is they are at birth. So it's a loaded question with woke verbs and pronouns and adjectives included in it. So Kieran Slattery, who along with Butler co-founded Gender Inclusive Classrooms, said he chooses to honor the students' wishes, not those of the caregivers. Notice he had not call them parents, he calls them caregivers. Slattery and Butler described gender-inclusive classrooms as a website dedicated to equipping educators with the tools they need to foster safe, welcoming, gender-inclusive classrooms. But, of course, they're not safe or welcoming at all. What they're safe for are teachers and bureaucrats trying to change the mindset of individuals and grooming them to be something they're not, grooming them to be homosexuals, grooming them to be pansexuals, grooming them to be something other than what they really are by packing their head with craziness. Do you think these people would have a problem if we started to uh, pack their heads with religious ideologies that a teacher had, that the teacher said, no, everybody in here, if you're not certain about what your faith is, you're automatically a Christian, or if you're uncertain about your 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 faith, you're automatically a Catholic or a Muslim. Do you think we'd be thinking about this in the same terms of that's okay? So here's what one of the teachers said. So I can respond with something that I've done, Slattery said. This came up to me. It's come up in a couple of different ways, but it's come up for me where caregivers asked. Remember, she just divisively calling them caregivers instead of parents. I actually refer to their child's name, using the name they asked to be referred to and their chosen pronouns, and caregivers reacted very strongly. Well, yeah, I guess they would. They're the parents, not not the teacher. So Slattery added, he's not thrown off by parents' protests. See how arrogant these people can be? So just discovering them or finding out exactly what's going on in the classroom that is against what the parents' teachings are, he doesn't care. So he said, I just told him, maybe that's not helpful. I just told him, no, respectfully, no. And because I had my principal and my superintendent's support, there wasn't much they can do, he added, before joking that the parents eventually stood down and found another topic to squawk about. How arrogant, how arrogant. But these are the teachers that you may find in your schools out there so you have to be alert. You have to get involved. If you're a parent or grandparent, go to the school. Find out what's going on inside that school because it's not the same school that you and I went to. So Slattery quickly admitted that comment was not professional. So, yeah, when he says there's something else to squawk by, he says, oh, I'm kind of sorry. You know he's not. Asked to respond to the backlash Slattery had received on social media for his remark, the um, – Superintendent of Schools, who said he'd seen the panel discussion, confirmed to Fox News Digital that Slattery described using the name and pronouns which a student had requested, and then he checked both with him and his principal on the appropriateness of this practice. He added that Slattery went on to accurately summarize the district's policy on non-discrimination on the basis of transgender and gender non-conforming status. Every student, this is a beat the head of the school district now. Every student has the right to be addressed by a name or pronoun that corresponds to the student's gender identity, the policy states. Northampton Public Schools will respect students' wishes 
obviously not parents' wishes, will respect student wishes to be referred to by a name and pronoun based on an affirmed change in gender identity, regardless of the student's assigned sex at birth. Again, using the same terminal, assigned sex, as if there was a choice. A court-ordered name or gender change is not required, and a student need not change their official records. In short, the policy requires all school staff to use the name and pronouns requested by the student, ensuring that our anti-discrimination policies are understood and followed by all members of the school community is an important part of my work as superintendent. So I am happy to see this evidence that our staff are following the policies of the school committee. Again, these are your leaders. These are the people that are really in control and promoting and accepting and overlooking the fact that parents are being ignored. This is a superintendent of schools. Again, it doesn't surprise because the woke community keeps promoting their own. It's like the Peter Principle. You keep promoting people of incompetence to the highest levels, and that's what's happening so much across this country. So here's another. Here's a fifth-grade Spanish teacher. Uh, also told his fellow panelists that he would put the students' wishes first, adding that he wasn't sure if they were even respectful about it when they notified parents. Similar to what Kieran said, in my school district, LGBTQ plus students have a Bill of Rights. And the fourth one is that they have the right to be referred to by their gender pronouns, a name that fits their gender identity. And so similarly... There was a situation where a parent felt that the school was not doing what they wanted them to do, and we, I don't know if we were even respectful about it, we were just like, no, sorry. Like our district-wide rule is that the student determines that, not you, not even though you are the parent. So the school is giving the students the right to override the parent's decision on what they can or cannot do in school. It's crazy. Well, let's talk about a third panelist, a Maryland school counselor, Heather Eig, agreed that she was following her school's policy on pronouns, but noted the school's laws differed in other districts, and her calling students by preferred pronouns depends on whether she has the backing of her administration. Examples of gender identity controversies in schools have swept the country In a recent example, several staff members of a Pennsylvania school were found attempting to hide the use of middle schoolers' preferred pronouns. We went through that whole case in Pennsylvania, but it's happening across the country. And there, the students were asking to use one pronoun. The teachers were using it, but weren't telling their parents on purpose, so there was no transparency. And they're saying, yeah, everybody's just fine with it. But the kids don't know what they want or who they are. They may be just playing games with the teacher, kind of messing with their minds. I was once in a classroom where a substitute came in, and I agreed to change names with another student in class. So when they called roll, the teacher was a little bit confused, the substitute, and continued for the rest of that day to call us by different names, each other's names. The rest of the class got a big kick out of it. We were just messing with the substitute teacher. Well, that's the kind of stuff we did in the old days. No telling what they're doing in classrooms today to kind of play games with teachers that think they're woke. I know my own uh, children, when they were writing papers and they knew that they had a liberal professor, a liberal teacher who wanted a certain perspective in whatever paper they were writing, 
what happened there was they wrote the paper to please the teacher because when I read those papers, I said, would you really believe this crap that you're writing in here? This isn't even true. They said, well, I know, but my teacher uh, thinks that's the way it should be, and that's the only way I'll get an A on the paper so I have good grades to go to college. Well, that's, some students can overlook that. Some students can play that game, but other students, it sinks into their mind. And again, you get into this grooming aspect of what teachers are doing instead of educating them. So it goes on and on here, and I don't have to tell you that, you know, what happened in Virginia again, because the parents made it a point to become more involved in the kids' education in the past couple of years, particularly in the state of Virginia, like I said, where the parental uprising against these progressive curricula in part helped propel uh, Republican Glenn Youngkin to victory. Several voters said that the Democrat, Terry McAuliffe, helped sink his own campaign when he said during the debate he doesn't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. That's what's going on in our schools today. We have example after example after example. And what they're doing is talking about gender identity, sexuality to young kids. And think about what's going on, how they're destroying our kids. First of all, they want to abort children before they're born or right up to the date of birth. And then you actually had uh, Governor Norquist of of, uh, Virginia saying in infanticide, a few days after a child's born, they could be they can be aborted if the parents decide they don't want children. Then they they take control of your children when you send them to school and pack them with all this garbage. And, of course, we're seeing today that for babies, they don't even have a good program nationally, Democrats, of trying to provide um, milk products to the kids, a formula to the kids. So our children are being attacked from every point of their early existence by this woke community. It's got to stop. People have got to get out and vote this November and get these crazies out from school boards up to members of Congress. It's the only way we can turn this country around because politicians, while they may be woke liberals, at the end of the day, if they don't hold office, they're not important. If they don't hold office, they're going to change because that's they're looking for power. No, when I was working a lot in Washington, D.C., it was always about power and money. Today, there's so much money in the system that really it's all about power. Can they control you? Can they control the kids? Can they control the parents? You've got to get out there and vote, folks. Well, let's take a break, and we'll come back and wrap up this week's session on the craziness that's happening in our school system. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your healthcare freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio for our final session today. We are talking about the craziness, stupidity, ignorance, woke, liberalism, progressivism that's going on in our schools and giving examples from all around the country so that anyone listening to this today will find it's either happening in their state or a nearby state that's been exposed, but it's the unexposed craziness that's going on in your local school, whether it's elementary school, middle school, or high school. We know that the craziness has been going on for a long time in our graduate schools and our main Colleges, we've gotten very liberal on campuses. You can't speak out with any conservative ideas, any faith-based ideas, any um, uh, anti-government control of everything, free markets. All that's sort of been off the tables in the uh, in the world of academia. It certainly is true also of Hollywood uh, and many of the uh, sports activities and the sports leaders out there that become very woke lately. But let's talk about, we've been talking about, let's talk, continue to talk about this idea of gender pronouns that we've covered in the first couple of sessions here. Well, here's a story about how it can affect you, even if you say, well, I don't agree with any of this, it's not going to involve me, it's not going to involve my kids, um, I can just sort of let people do what they're going to do, and I'll do what I'm going to do, but that's not the case. They want to control you, even if you don't agree with them, and here's an example in this article, it's entitled Wisconsin Middle Schoolers. Again, we're talking about middle schoolers now accused of sexual harassment for using the wrong gender pronoun. So now if I'm a student, in this case, a middle schooler, and I don't address my fellow student with the preferred pronouns that they want, I can be accused of sexual harassment and I can be dismissed. I can be disciplined. Really? That's how it's working these days? Well, let's talk through this example in this article. Three Wisconsin boys are facing sexual harassment charges from their middle school over accusations that they used incorrect gender pronouns on a fellow student. Now, how stupid is that? You know, students can ask to be anything. I can see a football player or a bully in a school a male bully saying, you got to call me she, because that's what I want. Or you got to call me them or they, 
And if students don't, then they can attack that student by saying there's sexual harassment. And that student that they're trying to bully with words now uh, gets disciplined. So that's what happened. These students used an incorrect gender pronoun. What happened to the idea that, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Now we're talking about words saying they, they offend somebody, they hurt somebody, and the parental leadership structure is taking the side of somebody who's saying they're so offended that the other people need to be disciplined. So here's what one of the parents said. I received a phone call from the principal over at the elementary school forewarning me, letting me know that I was going to be receiving an email with sexual harassment allegations against my son. Really? It immediately went, I immediately went into shock. I'm thinking, sexual harassment? Well, that's kind of like rape. That's inappropriate touching. That's incest, the mother said. What in the world has my son done? So she was totally confused because all she knew that she was going to get an email that said her son was being accused of sexual harassment. But at the end of the day, none of those concerns were, here, were an issue here. Instead, her 13-year-old son, Braden, was accused of using incorrect pronouns to address another student at Keele Middle School. Can you imagine the horror? Call him a he or a she when the person really was a he or a she instead of a them or a they. And that's now considered to be sexual harassment. You see how the left and the woke community works? First, they push an ideology, a concept that makes no sense and when you're thinking, well, they're so extreme, we're going to ignore them, they turn around, create a leadership structure that can punish people who don't follow their craziness. And so it's like an alternative universe out there. And now if you have to be a part of it because you're sending your kids to school, or it certainly works out in the work environment as well, then you are the harasser for using the normal language that we've used for thousands of years in describing males or females. So, how did this uh, story continue? Well, they had the principal sort of investigate the situation. And he said he's, he's being allegedly charged with sexual harassment for not using proper pronouns. I thought it wasn't real, says the mother. I thought this has got to be a joke, a gag. Can't be real. One has nothing to do with the other. Now her son and two other boys are being charged by school officials with Title IV violations, which prohibits gender-based harassment. The incident in question reportedly took place in March when a student announced he preferred they and them to identify himself. But the mother said to her son was merely trying to stick up for one of his friends, said that she had been screaming at one of Braden's friends to use proper pronouns, calling him profanity, and this friend was very soft-spoken and kind of just sunk down in his chair. So her son, Braden, finally came up defending him, saying it doesn't have to use, he doesn't have to use proper pronouns. It's his constitutional right to not use, and you can't make him say things. You see how this works? The liberals force you to say certain things that you don't want to say. That ha that's the way they control you, because 
they're able to use words against you and make you say things that gives them a level of control, which is what they really wanted all along. So the mother told National News that the new pronoun preference also caused confusion to her son with her instructing him to just address the student by their name instead of worrying about pronouns. <coughs> the pronoun that the student wanted was plural. It doesn't make sense to him. So I said, just call him and them by their name. Now the parents are calling on charges to be dismissed, although the attorney with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty says it's not sexual harassment under Title IX. Under their own policy, under federal law, and it's probably a First Amendment violation, almost certainly. If that's their theory, that's solely using the wrong pronoun, but that would be a First Amendment violation, said Luke Berg, the attorney representing the boys. Brad Ebert, the school district superintendent, told National News that they do not comment on student matters. So again, this is the way bureaucrats work. They kind of dismiss everything, saying, well, we don't comment on an ongoing investigation or for some other reason. The uh, KTSD prohibits all forms of bullying and harassment in accordance with all the laws, including Title IX, and will continue to support all students regardless of race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, creed, pregnancy, marital status, uh, parental status, sexual orientation, sex including transgender status, change of sex or gender identity, or physical, mental, emotional, or learning disability in any of the students' programs and activities. This is consistent with school board policy. We do not comment on any student matters. So you see how they sort of twist this around? They set up policies that make no sense. They codify them in some of their own rules or guidelines, and then they rely on those when they actually are discriminating against people who want to use common sense in trying to interact with each other. You know, it's difficult enough to communicate with people, to have a relationship with your friends and neighbors and schoolmates without getting into this kind of garbage. Well, I have a right to free speech. I can say what I want. And if you look like a male, I can call you a male. If you don't like that and I'm sensitive, I might call you something else. But why am I the one who is being sexually harassed? Seems to me like it is the person who is so intent on being called something else, he demands I use certain language that he's sexually harassing me. Because that's not the way I view the world. That's not my worldview. That's not the way I was trained and brought up. So we've got to try to change things somehow. And I hope our listeners out there, are getting a sense that how stupid, how unproductive, how much it lacks education of our children at the most basic level of reading, writing, and arithmetic, that we've got to do something about it. We can't let these woke teachers, these woke administrators, these woke superintendents support each other as if they are on the right side of all this when they're not. We've got to take control of our students. We've got to take control of our own lives we got to have the language that we say is right and proper and reflects on what our students are, what our children are, and say that's the way you need to address my children. So I don't know what's going on in this world. I don't understand it. I don't understand why there's even acceptance of it. Why, does it, why is it allowed? Why isn't somebody at some higher level of authority 
um, making changes and bring us back to civility. But what I do know is this woke community, this progressive ideology, has been spreading throughout our country as a cancer. And we've got a national teachers union that doesn't really care about students. They care about the teachers and their own income from dues. They're not trying to help kids learn. You remember during the pandemic, they they didn't want to take kids back to school until they got an increase in their retirement and pension benefits. They didn't want to go back to school because they liked being remote. They didn't like to have to teach these kids anything. I understand teachers are under a lot of pressure these days because we have required everybody to be mainstream. We can't differentiate. We've got school programs that are eliminating AP classes, the advanced classes, in order not to identify that there are some people who are faster learners than others. We're trying to equalize everything, and then we get mediocrity because the students that need extra help are not getting the extra help either, just as the students that are able to progress more fast uh, are not getting the help they need to get ahead. So our educational system is a mess. Maybe it's because it's all public school. We ought to have funding that follows the student instead of forcing them into local schools that make no sense. Just as a quick example to wrap this up, if we required everybody in a community to go only to the grocery store that was near them, they could not go to any place else. If Winn-Dixie was the grocery store near you, I'm sorry, you can't go to Publix, which is too uh, two miles away for better food that you might want or better specials. You can't do that. That's what we're doing to kids in terms of education. We're forcing them to go to a neighborhood school. Sometimes it's not really in that neighborhood. It's miles away. I know my kids, my grandkids, have to drive an hour on a bus in order to go to the school they have. So we've got to change our educational system. It is the foundation of everything that we do and where this country is going. As Ronald Reagan once said, We are only a generation away from losing our liberties because he knew that if we teach our kids to be anti-American, anti-inclusive, anti-free market, that we would wind up with a country that's run by people who have this ideology ingrained in them. And that's what's happening. Well, for more of my rants and raves and ideas and thoughts, please join in next week and we'll have some interviews with other people that might give a different perspective on some of these issues. But please join us. I hope you learned a little bit today. Thank you for being with us. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.